Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Three Roll Estate Craft Rum Distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugarcane. Three Roll is cane to glass. From Tula Tacos and Amigos in downtown Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Christian Mada, publisher and editor of The Current. It's business, Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Jan Swift, filling in for Christian Mader. Acadiana is famous for its wildcatter mentality. It's a frame of mind inherited from the early days of the region's oil and gas industry when loan prospectors went drilling until they struck black gold. You can see the attitude just about everywhere. Lafayette has a really high level of entrepreneurship. Around 11% of our workforce is made up of business owners, a ratio competitive with innovation meccas, such as Austin, Texas. So it's not so much about what we're making, but how we make it. It's the spirit of our region. My first guest, David Moe, is working to make rum the spirit of the region as the founder and master distiller of Wildcat Brothers. Wildcat is the second rum distillery in Louisiana and the first in Acadiana. It sources its flagship brand of small batch rums from local sugarcane. The goal is to make sipping rum something you can enjoy, neat, up, or on the rocks. David is a lawyer by training and founded Wildcat in 2011. Today, you can find bottles of their flagship sweet crude rum in 40 states. David Moe, welcome to Out to Lunch. Wonderful to be here. Thank you. And you know, Acadiana wouldn't have much spirit without music. And our next guest has made a go of breaking into the region's music scene as a singer-songwriter, an unusual track for a culture best known for dance music. Dustin Gaspar grew up in Cow Island, where he was raised by his grandparents, but went all in when he followed his dream with a move to Lafayette. No car, no job, no place to sleep. In 2016, Dustin suffered severe damage to his vocal cords, forcing him to change how he used his voice and inspiring him to hone his craft. After rehabilitating his voice, Dustin was selected as the second recipient of the South Louisiana Songwriters Festival Scholarship, where he was introduced to acclaimed songwriters from around the world. Dustin has released several singles and earlier this year put out the record, Hoping Heaven Got a Kitchen, in loving tribute to his grandparents. Dustin Gaspar, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you, Jan, great to see you. Hello, Out to Lunch. I'm so honored to be here guest hosting and to, to have this opportunity. You guys have so much in common. We're gonna start with David. David, you can't start distilling until you get a license, and this that's a drag, I know, <laughs> which means you can't even tinker until you get a whole lot of paperwork done. Does that mean you couldn't even pursue this as a hobby if you wanted to? The laws do make it very, very awkward. Um, unlike beer and wine, where it is permissible to have a hobby and to make uh, that at home, not for sale, but for personal use, the laws are uh, written in such a way where it's, it's actually illegal to even distill a drop of, of liquor or spirit uh, without the requisite paperwork. So yes, it is a bit of a catch-22. Uh, it did limit me to, I guess, research in the beginning before mm -hmm. I decided to go full bore. Um, but, uh, but like you mentioned, uh, I, I, 
with my uh, legal background, I really wasn't afraid of paperwork. <laughs> and it, it was just a matter of um, what are they going to require from me. I put that together. I send it in. And um, yeah, about three weeks later, I was a licensed distiller. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to fight the law and have the law win, huh? Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> well, that's still your category, too, though. <laughs> I know, I know. So before we move to Dustin, does this mean that there are no stills out there? I mean, I always hear about a still, people, you know, doing things for fun. So that must, that must just be an urban legend. Um, well, uh, in Louisiana, unlike, let's say, Appalachia, mm-hmm. where there's corn everywhere, and, I, you know, that, that was the hotbed of bootlegging and all during Prohibition, um, in that area of the country, uh, enforcement of, of distilling, you know, uh, illegal distilling is, is still very hot. Uh, uh, because you have people there who are actually trying to sell, and, and whereas, you know, a hobbyist, mm-hmm. they're, they're just, there aren't really people kicking doors down looking for someone with a right. stovetop still. So I'm sure it happens. I mean, I meet people who kind of wink wink nudge nudge you know i mm-hmm. i have granddad's recipe that i you know <laughs> I, but but we're talking about people who are making you know a few quarts at a yeah. time just christmas gifts that yeah. kind of a thing right um so uh, you know i'm sure that while it is a bit naughty uh it it, it does mm-hmm. go on well dustin had some issues getting started too and i don't know if it was paperwork so much it's just Getting your feet, you know, yes. on the ground and finding a place to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just finding uh, and and then networking with people. I, when I came here, I didn't know anyone at all. So it was all through um, going out to bars and playing songs and singing with people to to meet and make connections mm-hmm. of and, and find people that shared the same passion that I had. When I met you, you had shared, we met a while back, mm-hmm. that you had really torn up your voice. Mm-hmm. And that probably added to the stress of getting your career off the yeah, ground. Yeah, I was drinking too much of his rum. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> but it was legal. I, so. yeah, it was, I've, <laughs> I've done the research, and I am not liable. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I had a lot of late nights. and um, You were I, very I, young. I, yeah, I was, I was very young. And a part of the uh, the territory and the industry is spending time, you know, out late, having those conversations, drinking, mm-hmm. and enjoying yourselves, and and meeting those people and having those stories to share. So. Right, right. So, David, tell us about where your business is. I know you're in an iconic spot mm-hmm. in in Acadiana, in Lafayette, actually. Yeah. So, um, well, about two years ago, my partner Tate Martin and I. Um, initiated negotiations over the purchase of Gator Cove, which uh, is a Lafayette fixture, has been for generations. Um, The owners were uh, um, ready to do something else with their lives, but they didn't want to just flip the property to another restaurant. Uh, They wanted wanted someone to come in and and revitalize it uh, and not just kind of do what they had done potentially worse. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we came on the scene and we were something new and, and uh, pretty exciting. Uh, you know, craft distilling is easy to be passionate about. And a lot of that came across in our early conversations. And um, yeah, within uh, six months, we were closing. So that was about two years ago. Ever since then, we have been uh, working tirelessly to get the property converted from a restaurant to a craft distillery, uh, which obviously there, there are a lot of um, physical things that need to happen, renovations, that, kind of, that sort of a thing. Plenty of permitting, plenty of paperwork. Um, and then uh, you add in pandemics and uh, last year's Hurricane of the Month Club that we all joined. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, you know, there are just kind of delays that, that you, can't, you, 
can't prepare for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, we're uh, we're we're still in the ring. I mean, uh, uh, in fact, uh, from a sales perspective, we're we're just head and shoulders above where I would have imagined. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the past two years, well, just a bit of background. I founded the company 11 years ago. For about nine of those years, I was literally a one-man show. I was the distiller, the, the bottler, the janitor, the security guard, marketer, everything. Um, about two years ago, that all changed when I partnered with Tate Martin, who uh, is a wizard marketer. Mm-hmm. And um, those two years have seen us go from just a Louisiana footprint to 40 states. Uh, every month is better than the month before. Uh, and while uh, you know we have had some delays getting Gator Cove uh, uh, getting the distillery physically moved to Gator Cove, mm-hmm. uh, we are using the property. So, uh, yeah, Gator Cove has been a, uh, 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 a huge feather in our cap. Mm-hmm. We're, we're delighted with it, with yeah. the property. Speaking of pandemic, so cool. how did that affect your music career the last couple of years? Well, for Dustin. a lot of people, it, um, it, it seemed to fare a little worse, honestly. Uh, I, in a matter of fact, hadn't really dove into gigging as often as I have been, especially in the past, I don't know, nine months. Um, But it wasn't a a thought to me. And I think the pandemic, as much as it was a setback, it was more of a a, a reshuffling of of the necessary things I needed to do to set up a career and a business for, you know, being a singer-songwriter in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't it wasn't as detrimental to my career because it really wasn't as moving as my career wasn't moving as fast as uh, others per se. So, I've got a question for you, Dustin. It's hard to imagine. We have so much music here, but this is really a dance music oh, yeah. town, right? And you've told me before you can't dance to a sad boy singer songwriter's <laughs> yeah. tune. So I know you've had more time to do your writing yes, totally. with that. But if the goal is to make it as a singer songwriter. Why stay here in Lafayette and not just move to Nashville where, you know, they, uh, they cultivate songwriters? Thank, well, thanks it, the, for mentioning that because if you can make it here, you will be able to play anywhere else on the, on the planet. That's mm-hmm. great, yeah. Um, and I, I, I was told a long time ago, if you can't sell, you know, 60 tickets in your hometown, what makes you think you can go anywhere else mm-hmm. and, and sell that amount of t- those, those tickets? So you, you need a foundation and you need a base. And there's, there's nothing stronger than Louisiana people mm-hmm. and Acadiana people that True. will lift you up and support you. Uh, and it's just about getting them in, in your wheelhouse, bringing them into your club and saying, mm-hmm. hey, I, I do need your help. And I love your support. I love being here. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you can make it out of here, you can do it anywhere else. It sounds like a new song. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, David, I saw on, on your side, and uh, if people haven't seen Wildcat Brothers' website, it's, it's beautiful. It is. I have, to, I have to admit, yes. And what I picked up on, it's kind of a, um, it's like ditto to what Dustin just said. Uh-huh. You guys are about conserving history of this region. Absolutely. Conserving history of South Louisiana and celebrating where you're going. Mm-hmm. If you can touch Absolutely. on that, because y'all have a similar story there. Oh, sure. Well, um, actually, it's, it's funny you say you bring that up, because... Gator Cove is situated in town very near to Vermilionville, which is the uh, rep, you know, replica of Cajun Village. And um, what we kind of see ourselves as is you, you go to Vermilionville and you see how Cajuns lived, and then you can come to Gator Cove and see what we're doing now, Yeah. right? Um, and uh, yeah, heritage is, is a, a cornerstone of not only our marketability, but also me and Tate's uh, kind of personal connection. Uh, we actually have 
documented evidence that both of our ancestors were on the same boat exiled from Nova Scotia and wound up down here as Cajuns. So cool. Yes. So <laughs> our families have been playing together for 300 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, when we found that out, uh, it, how is that not impressive, you know? Mm -hmm. And how do you not make that a part of what yes. we're doing? Your passion. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, you know, uh, uh, we use local crops, local uh, sugarcane. Yeah, um, yeah, everything uh, everything that we do is, is as locally uh, sourced as we can. Uh, we're still very very hands on, handmade. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's just a it's a grassroots story, mm -hmm. and um, you know if 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 that isn't Cajun, what is right? Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Do it yourself. Make it yourself. Precisely. It yourself. Yeah. Precisely. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Jan Swift. I'm talking with David Moe of Wildcat Brothers Distillery and songwriter Dustin Gaspob. So you're both entrepreneurs, even if you may not look at it like <laughs> yeah, that. Sure. And I do have a question. Um, I believe our audio engineer, Aaron Thomas, mm -hmm. uh, produced Dustin's album, the one yes, you just he released. Did. Why did you pick Aaron to produce? And how do people sell records these days? You can talk about your business. End. Oh man, uh, I don't know if we sell any. You know, <laughs> you you make a, a it's an audio business card for you to book more shows and oh, gigs, okay. maybe get product pre placement in a, in a way, because um, you you want like a publishing deal essentially, and you want to be playing more music and playing it wherever you can. So your product is the record. Uh, CDs and such really don't have any sales. Uh, there is some, uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Not boutique, but when I sell vinyl, mm -hmm. that's more of a... Like a collector's yes, item? Yes, exactly. Yeah, connoisseur type yes, of... Yes, yeah, yeah. Sure. People, mm -hmm. people enjoy it just for the fact that it is vinyl. But besides that, I don't even know if they would play it. Uh, That's fascinating. The, but, the idea that, that the album is a uh, like a foot in the door. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the real... For that, but for that, what that the business seems is. like a, a very workable model once you crack the code. Yes, right? yeah, yeah. You, yeah. And then you just got to size up like any mm -hmm. other sure. business. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Well, David, how do you get a foot in the door? How do you sell rum to people? How'd you get in 40 states? Well, you know, it's that's very amazing. difficult. Uh, the, the, the industry is probably one of the most regulated and micromanaged that you can think of at every level of government, federal, state, local, uh, um, parish, just everything. Um, so there are a lot of hoops to jump through. There's a lot of ways you can get burned by accidentally doing something that's then run afoul of some arcane regulation. Uh, so it's, it's a challenge. Uh, but with the right team in place, um, I don't know. I guess the short answer is you can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. You know, and I tried for about nine years. Uh, <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, it's not like if I were making barbecue sauce, you know, where I could just pull up to the to the grocery store with a bunch of it in the trunk and yeah. talk a manager into stocking. Mr. Yeah. Albertson, can exactly. I come in? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I can't do that with uh -huh. liquor or that that's a... Uh, go straight to jail. Yeah. <laughs> Do not collect your two hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> what about the Cajun aspect of your business? Is that something that people get, or is it? Are you selling it on the taste? I know you'd want to promote our culture, but do they understand that this is from, you know, Cajun land, South Louisiana? Well, we certainly try to mm -hmm. highlight that. I mean, in your marketing, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but 
you know, honestly, if the product weren't there, I, I would have quit this years ago. Right. Uh, uh, the, the, the product kept me going. It, it's, uh, uh, it, it, at the end of the day, is going to be the driving force of sales. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the story and the marketing, thank you so much. The story and the marketing um, uh, are benefits, but without the product, you know, there's really nothing to mm -hmm. talk about certainly, to, certainly. to market. Right. Same yeah. way. And Dustin had a big opportunity that was supposed to happen March, at the end of March, yes. to market his new album. And unfortunately, you couldn't do it. And I, I was thinking, you've got a different way, David, you market, but you've got to have people hearing your voice, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, hearing and the seeing voice your passion. And, and seeing the passion, seeing it performed, also hearing uh, other musicians come together and make it happen. Like you were saying, you, it's not a solo job by any by any means. And until you get people on board helping you out and making the whole concept of it uh, come out and de and be delivered, you, you'll ne you'll never have any success with it. You you need Absolutely. other people. Absolutely. Dustin, can you talk about the driving force for your your latest album? I know that you really loved your grandparents yeah. and that your heart was poured into your latest album. Uh, yes, that and, and just Louisiana music too. Mm -hmm. They they raised me on Louisiana music. My grandfather loved swamp pop music and loved old Cajun music, and my grandmother loved old classic country music too. Mm -hmm. So the the idea was always to reinforce and reestablish um, and incorporate mm -hmm. those sounds into songs about them and Louisiana. Right, it's fantastic. I want to get in my thoughts about both of you. You're both self-taught. Dustin as a vocalist and a guitarist, so self-taught. Sorry, you learned everything that you know. You just yeah, I, they're both I had, smiling. I, I, I had mean, no mentor. I had no teacher. Awesome. I, I caught the bug. I mean, honestly. Yeah, I, yeah. And, and I, I started doing the research. I realized it was doable. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it kind of started just group of friends like wouldn't it be cool that's awesome and man. and yeah everything that i do all my processes i've i had to formulate i mean i i i did some research but yeah. i mean a lot of trial and error just mm -hmm. what works what doesn't i like the way this tastes i don't like that congrats and man. over time yes I, I wound up with a portfolio of products so yeah that, that that's actually pretty unique in this industry i've found um, most people who wind up owning a distillery they're either independently wealthy and throw money at a project right. and hire and people to do yes. it or they worked at a distillery under a master and, right. and learned yeah. his practice. I, I didn't have any of that. So You're I not mean, independently wealthy? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. Shocking. <laughs> Getting there. Uh, I'm, yeah. I, I want to say this. I'm very proud of your success, man. Well, thank you, sir. For, for learning that, I know the process and the steps it takes. So I, that is so commendable and respectable. Well, I feel the same way about what I'm hearing from, about you, man. Yeah, I look definitely. forward to... Uh, to getting you over to Gator uh, Cove, yeah, like I, hope I said. So, hope so. Absolutely. So, Dustin, how are, how do you make music? Like, if, if CDs aren't sold and albums are sold as collector items, do you make it on Spotify? Like, how yes, do you yeah, make it's, music? Yes, it's all streaming these days. Uh -huh. There's no physical anything. I wondered really. about that. But, you get but, a check every month or a deposit? Rarely that even. The the streaming industry itself is is so. Uh, Minimal. They'll give you the last crumb of bread that <laughs> that, that they can offer, uh, and, and then some people will they'll they'll maybe purchase your album as a download online. But if you can stream it anyway, that's 
that's all that people are looking for. Um, I always wondered, because you can go to websites, like the artist's mm -hmm. website, and play the music without yeah. having to yeah. pay. You're correct. But you need people to hear it. All, exactly. Yeah. All of that is still just advertising Absolutely. for you to come to shows mm -hmm. uh, and, and want to do more things like yeah. this. Or the, the, the biggest thing would be sponsorships and, and, pu and publis publisher deals. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, and, and, and that's that. that's uh, that's fascinating. I, that's something yeah. that I never would have known. Mm -hmm. uh, just the ins and outs of that particular. Yeah, it's not like the old days by sure. any means. Right, right. You kept your day job. Uh, I did in the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, you were oil I, and gas attorney. Uh, I was. Mm -hmm. uh, well, technically, I was a landman. Yeah. Uh, but mm -hmm. uh, yes, oil and gas. Uh, a lot of lease negotiations. A lot of uh, courthouse research. That sort of a thing. And um, I I did both for about three years before I quit my day job and became professional distiller. A um, couple opportunities popped up over the years and I went back to oil and gas work briefly just to, you know, kind of make ends meet or whatever. But, uh, but I, I managed to keep the distillery alive and, uh, you know, attract the right partners, you know, to where uh, uh, it's, it's thriving, you know, as it is today. And Dustin, as a rising musician in the industry, you've got to have a side gig yeah, to make well, ends meet. Uh, How does that work yeah, for you? And, well, and now so kind of less because, I mean, these are late nights. These are kind of long days, especially if, you know, you're waking up and you're either dedicating yourself to writing or uh, planning your the month of gigs that you're going to do, uh, maybe doing some studio work. Uh, so all of that will kind of take up my daytime, and then the gigs will come at night, which I gig usually three times a week, maybe four times if I have a double day. Mm -hmm. uh, and and I, I kept a job. When I moved here, I had a job at the bicycle shop because I didn't have a vehicle. I yeah. said, man, there would be no more smart thing to do than <laughs> learn how to work on a bicycle. That mm -hmm. way I'm, I always have reliable transportation. Yeah. So I, I've kept the job there with uh, Hub, Hub City, City Cycles oh, and Megan place. Orsino, yeah. and she's been so flexible and uh -huh. ex extremely supportive of me. That's great. I love her dearly. And she's a great woman to and, have and in my that, corner. And that, that speaks to what you were saying earlier about the culture down here. Yep. You know, I mean, uh, the people are like that here. Yes, absolutely. Know? Yeah. That's so, great. David, let's remind people, though, about what you're making. It's Wildcat Brothers. Just Wildcat remind Brothers us Distilling. Just what, what it is that's on the shelves. Um, okay, so... What we have what we call our heritage line, which is kind of the backbone of our portfolio. Um, it's a pretty solid rum lineup. It's a white rum called Sweet Crude, which is the first rum that I ever came out with. Then I've got a uh, dark rum called Noir, uh, and then a spiced rum called Fifolet. Um, and uh, those three do really well. Those are the ones that are available in all the states. Uh, in the meantime, we have uh, uh, no shortage of experiments that we do in-house uh, that, that have led to new products. We also are uh, starting a pretty aggressive barrel aging program, or, or I guess we're in a pretty aggressive barrel aging program with some uh, you know, real barrel aged rum coming out this year. Um, one of the more exciting uh, uh, new products that we have, and this fits right in with what we were saying about your grandparents in there, but um, we were approached by um, some folks in Nashville that are about to start the Rockabilly Hall of Fame, and they were looking for a, a spirit partner to, to kind of launch whatever. So we developed Rockabilly Gold Rum. That sounds amazing. And it is amazing. People <laughs> are loving it. And, uh, yeah, the, our biggest problem with that one is... Uh, 
volume. I yeah, mean, right, like, you right. know, I only have so much space and so many barrels. So, you know, it's uh, you're kind of juggling some knives. But uh, but I mean, yeah, no, we're making it. Uh, yeah. And Dustin, remind us, where can we find more about you online? Um, as we well, wrap up. my website, Dustin Gaspar Music, very simple, D-U-S-T-I-N-G-A-S-P-A-R-D. Uh, and you can find any of that, uh, any streaming platform, YouTube to Spotify to iTunes, et cetera, et cetera. You have beautiful photography oh, of South so Louisiana, yeah. and people can hear your beautiful voice well, and the words it, that the are touching. It's the land that me. Is this so the website? That is it right All right, there. I'll be visiting. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and also, Sweet Crude. Uh-huh. I have not heard people stop talking about that. Really? My, my, my best friend, Kyle, he works at a, a restaurant that serves it, and he says, man, you have to try this. Yeah. So. Well, that warms the heart. Yeah. Thank you for telling me. No <laughs> well, it sounds like if you're trying something new, you're taking a chance, whether it's creating your own rum line or becoming a well-known um, vocalist, guitarist. <laughs> right. So I want to thank you both for showing us today that the bigger the long shot, the, the bigger the payoff. Absolutely. Dustin and David, thank you both for joining us on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Our guests today on Out to Lunch have been songwriter Dustin Gaspar and distiller David Moe. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on KRVS. You can hear our unedited conversation and hear the noise from Tula Tacos, which we're enjoying, and find out more about Dustin and David by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find and subscribe to the podcast on your podcast app and on the website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on social media. These photos were taken by Aster Morgan. You can find more of Aster's photos at astermorgan.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by Aaron Thomas. Our associate producer is Molly Richard. Our researcher is Leah Yurdialis. I'm Jan Swift, host and producer of the Discover Lafayette podcast, and I'm also a big fan of Out to Lunch. You can visit discoverlafayette.net for more information and to sign up for my podcast and newsletter. Please join us next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Tula Tacos and Amigos. Tula Tacos and Amigos offers street-style tacos, margaritas, and an open-air courtyard on Jefferson Street in the heart of downtown Lafayette. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com.